0: Hello, you guys, and welcome to the Embody Your Soul podcast. I am your host, Alexandra Shelley, also known as The Modern Medium, and the mission of this podcast is to create a sacred space for us all to tap in and understand how we can connect to our divine self through spiritual connection and best practices. If you are new here, thank you so much for finding me, and if you are a regular listener, thank you so much for listening in on the magic, joining conversations wherever you are and whatever you're doing. It means the absolute world to me. And I so adore showing up for you all in this way. If you haven't already, make sure to follow this podcast wherever you love to listen and share with whoever needs and is looking for some silliness, some realness, some beautiful, wise conversations and reflections on my practice, on my personal life, etc. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at the modern medium underscore. And that's where you can really stay up to date on my life, on my day to day, on reflections, on channeled messages, on lessons, on my business. I love posting really beautiful, shareable, savable posts that you can look back to. You can share with those who are in need of it and just ones that will really stick with you and i also just came out with a beautiful 9 week course with one of my best friends Kayla Rose and it is called your magical fuck It is all about bridging humanity with spirituality and really embracing all of your magical, messy human self and allowing you and teaching you how to embody your intuition, how to embody spirit and the divine within you and really helping you come back to you, come back to your true self and learning how to tap into your spirit guides, learning how to work with your energy and others energy understanding what your unique medicine and magic is and we just get down to business. It is so beautiful and it starts the first week of October and if you haven't already make sure to check out my website themodernmedium.co where I have all kinds of ways to work with you. I have my psychic mediumship readings, I have Reiki healings, I have mentorship programs, I have bundle Four sessions called soul path sessions. I have Voxer containers. And then of course, I, like I just mentioned, I have this nine week group program and I am so, so excited. So thank you for listening. I am so happy to be here. I am cozy in my PJs. I truly worn PJs every single day this week, and I absolutely love it. It is my jam. And I am very excited to have another conversation with the beautiful, the world traveler, Chelsea Reif. She is a accomplished podcast host and podcast coach. She was my coach for about six months last year. And this is one of the reasons why I'm showing up on the podcast with so much confidence, with so much ease and with so much clarity. She is absolutely incredible and on this episode we are going to talk about building a business and building a life not like everyone else and that is one of the things I've really deeply admired about Chelsea is she has given me permission to prioritize leisure and play and to actually enjoy my life while building a business and not only that but she has truly traveled the world as she's built this business. And it is so impressive. She has had tons of clients. She has built a successful podcast. She teaches courses, she mentors, and she interviews and gets to be on incredible podcasts. It's just, I I just think it's absolutely amazing. And so, yes, this conversation is really about changing your perspective and your mindset on how you have to live your life, on how you actually can really build a beautiful soul led life and a life you want and what leisure means, what success means and how she's actually technically built her days, built her business and also the mindset shifts that she's worked on. And I really, really love unfurling this conversation and these mindsets with her because this is something I'm so curious about and I'm so passionate about. Of course, I want to come to this podcast with beautiful spiritual practitioners, but I also believe it's really important to come to this podcast well rounded and to also bring in people who are not necessarily quote unquote practitioners, but Building businesses and building your life is absolutely a spiritual experience. It is a very divine and sacred experience. And I'm sure you're listening and you either have a career or a job or a vocation of some sort and you want to do things your way and you don't want to follow, you know, what what people have told you, what you think is meant to be the way to build success. And I just really, really love this conversation. I also just love how real Chelsea is. I love how just there's no red tape around her. She's such a fantastic coach and she's so fun. I love talking with her. So if you are looking for ways to work with her first, don't walk, run, listen to her podcast on my non-expert opinion. And it's wherever you love to listen and follow her on Instagram at Chelsea Rife, And that's where you can also see all of her links to her website and explore ways on how you could work with her. Again, she has workshops that are short. She has six month mentorships, which I did and I highly recommend. She also, again, has a really incredible podcast and free resources. She also teaches free master classes and She's just fantastic. So I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Please don't be shy and let us know what resonated. We love, love, love connecting with our listeners and we love connecting with those who support our work because we would not be here without you guys. We'd be speaking to a void, but we're speaking to you and we love, love, love serving you. So love you guys so much. And let's get right into the episode. Yay. Hello, you guys. I'm so excited. We have our gorgeous gal, podcast queen, Chelsea Rife back. Um, If you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, she had a literal two-part episode because we chatted for so long. And I was also a client of hers. And it's really the reason why um, or one of the beautiful reasons why I have become so confident in building my podcast and She's absolutely changed the game, and I'm so excited to just have her in my circle in general. So Chelsea, thank you so much. Thank you. That was such
1: a beautiful introduction. I feel like I need that to be my morning alarm clock. So thank you.
0: Stop. Oh my God. I've said like that same thing to other people when they do an intro, and I'm like, oh my God, stop it. I'm so honored that you said that to me. Oh my <laughs> goodness. No, no. As you know and you possibly may remember, I always ask this first question to start off the podcast and it's so crazy. I asked you that question probably about a year ago and obviously so much has changed. So I would still like to ask you the same question uh, because it may be completely different or obviously evolved. But Chelsea, in your own words, what does it mean to embody your soul?
1: Oh, I love this. I feel like to embody your soul is to truly say yes to things that you feel like light up your soul on fire and say no to things that don't. Because when I think of the word embodiment, it literally is like to be in your body or at least like a physical presence or form. So if your soul is this ethereal, maybe intangible, intangible, (laughs) intangible thing that you can't really grasp or touch, it's like, okay, how are you showing that or bringing that into the world? So embodying your soul, again, even saying yes to things that light you up, podcasting, that lights us up. Writing, that lights us up. like To me, those are ways that our soul gets activated and usually we feel it. I think that's why we put so much energy and investment and time and focus into the things that we love to do, like podcasting or writing, because it's literally our soul expressing itself. So that would be my off-the-cuff answer.
0: Yes. No, we love it. And I mean, just another way to really say it's like the full body yes to like what really, really feeds us. And why are we ignoring those things? Like, let's do those things every single day. Oh, So, you guys, on the podcast about a year ago when she was on, we talked about, you know, nervous system regulation and kind of manifesting. But what I'm really eager to talk to Chelsea about is I love what she represents and what she's built is a really leisure forward life while building a successful business. And as someone who, I would say my business is like adolescent. It's not a baby. It's not an adult, but it's an adolescent business. And I'm really realizing how there are truly no rules and rewriting the script and how we can actually enjoy every single day when we work and working doesn't have to be boring. Yeah, of course there's gonna be things that may stink in the moment, but Chelsea has been someone that has really inspired me to rewrite my own rules and to build a business and live a life that prioritizes leisure, that prioritizes celebration and relationships and self. So anyways, I just kind of like thought of this question, obviously I have other questions, but I was like, you know what? I want to hear from the leisure queen myself. Okay, Chelsea, what does
1: leisure mean to you? Oh my gosh. Leisure to me is like free time, white space on the calendar, things that I'm doing for fun that have absolutely nothing to do with work, no ties to work, nothing that I'm gonna like monetize on my website. It's literally as simple as walking the bridge with my dog or reading a book outside or going to dinner with friends. Like Again, it has no ties to anything that has to do with monetizing or work or hustle. It's free time. It's white space. It's fun. It's leisure.
0: Mm, Yes, please. And I really would love for you to tell our audience how you got to this space of like, wait, I can rewrite my rules. I don't have to follow anyone's, you know, whatever is list to how to be successful. And I can do it my way.
1: Yeah. So I would say when I started my business back in 2020, I was doing a lot of life and mindset coaching. I wasn't really doing podcast coaching. And at that time, I feel like I didn't have the skill set that I needed to be doing that. So I invested in so many coaching programs, so many private sessions, so many one-on-ones. I mean, I think at one point I was in like eight programs at the same exact time. So I would be running from call to call and jumping on a meeting and then Voxer. And it was just so crazy. And I feel like all the people I was investing in, it was very much like more, 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 build more, do more, be more, launch a membership, launch a high ticket mastermind, take on 20 clients at a time. It was just like nonstop. And I would look at their businesses and I'm like, these they have like empires, like they have customer service team, they have this, that, and the other thing. But something I always notice is in their content, like their podcasts, their blogs, their website, whatever it was, I never ever saw them having fun or enjoying their lives. So it's always like business tips, business insight, how to make more money, how to manage your money, how to build a team, da-da-da. And I was like, what do these people do when they're not working? Like I have no idea. I don't even know if they do anything outside of work. Like, do they enjoy their weekends or are they just constantly like building something or working on their next email marketing campaign or launching an Instagram series? And I was just like, I don't. I don't get it. Like, what are we doing all this work for if we're not enjoying our time? So, I learned like after trial and error and building out my schedule to be, you know, jam packed top to bottom, back to back meetings, that wasn't working for me. I very quickly burned out. I had to reschedule a lot of the way my clients' uh, meetings were. I had to redo my contracts because I was like, I'm just not built for this. Also, if anyone's into human design, like, I'm a reflector. We need space to process things. We're the evaluators. And I need a moment to like look at something, think about it, and then get back to you. And that's actually why now I call myself more like a podcast strategist and I help people with the strategy because again, I need that free time. So for me, going back to what I said in the last question, leisure is free time. I used to think free time, you're being lazy, right? Like, why do you get a three-hour break in the middle of the day? Or why are you starting your day at 11 a.m.? Or why do you only work five hours? Like, that's lazy as hell. You could be working 80-hour weeks. You should be taking the weekends to get ahead and catch up. So I realize again, using my strategy brain, I'm like, when I go on the hour-long walks and then take like an hour-long lunch, that's when things start hitting me. And I'm like, that's what my client needs to do. That's what I need to do for my podcast. Oh, my gosh. That one thing I've been thinking about for six months, now I have clarity on. So I started to realize free time is not being lazy. It's actually essential. It's like literally a power move for my business and the way that I operate. And I assume a lot of people, because think about it, whenever we have a moment of silence or whenever anyone is like, blah, 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 you're like, hold on. Like just a second. I just need a moment. That's how I started to think of free time is like, that's my daydreaming, thinking, evaluation, processing time. So then I realized, how do I build this more into my schedule and not just like, oh, hopefully I have this day off and hopefully I'll get an hour lunch break. It's like I make my own schedule. I build my client contracts and containers and what we do. So I really worked hard with like a system strategist, a business operations person, um, you know, other memberships I was in to be like, how can I still have the lifestyle I want where I travel full time, but still have a ton of free time? Like I want to be taking a month off in the fall and the summer. I want to be able to have my Fridays off. I want to be able to start my mornings at 11 or 12 and not feel guilty or weird or that I have to like use that morning time productively or for something. And so it was a lot of reverse engineering. It was a lot of tweaking. And to be honest, I'm still tweaking because I travel so much, but that's how I got to that point is I was like all these people that I admire for their business savvy. I don't, I don't admire them for the way they use their free time. Like I feel like they're just, they're constantly chasing something and it never is enough. And when I really zoomed out too, you know, what really stuck with me is my travels. Anytime I think of the moments of joy in my travels, it's like drinking wine in the plaza in Valencia, Spain, or skinny dipping at six in the morning after the club in Ibiza or you know, strolling around the the, uh, Mediterranean Sea in Croatia. It actually is never a moment with work. It's never been like that moment I was on my laptop in Madrid or the moment that I closed that deal. In like, it's never about work. It's always been about with other people. So I started to realize if the way I feel fulfilled is with other people that isn't just my clients because I get so much fulfillment out of my work with my clients, then how do I build that into my schedule? Again, like, yes, my clients are my schedule, but how do I build other relationships into my schedule? Again, like dinner with my girlfriends, Sunday brunch with the best friend, FaceTime calls. Like that needs to be just as a big of a piece of my schedule as my clients are. And so that's really what woke me up when you asked, like, how did I get there? I was like, well, what's the point of working all the time if I don't have free time to enjoy it or do anything with my friends or family? Like that's pointless and I'm gonna run into the ground lose all my relationships, lose touch with everyone in reality. And then what be at the top of a mountain alone, and rich without any connections in my life. And I was like, that's just so miserable. Like, I don't want that I would rather have a lifestyle of freedom. Like to me, that's wealth is having freedom and time and options. And that's really what started to drive me to be like, you need to prioritize leisure and free time just as much as you prioritize like client meetings.
0: Yes! Oh my gosh, so many things. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I think immediately when you said, and something that is even just making me think, oh yeah, like I look at some people that I'm like, damn, you're killing it, but then you don't admire like their life. Like, yeah, you can admire their their business. What is it? The word like acumen. You're like, wow, like you're really good at like whatever what you specialize in. But I don't want to live a life like that. And it's kind of interesting how, thank God, we're waking up to that. And also, I love, I really want to know, how do I put this? I think you kind of maybe described it, but I'd love to learn maybe the specifics of how you started rewriting it for yourself. Like, no, this isn't lazy or no, I can absolutely be successful. Like for instance, I love whenever you post and you're like, I, you know, I'm good. I'm taking a break for a week. My podcast is doing the work for me, which is pretty much saying, obviously that's specific to your business, but it's really saying like you have this abundance feeling and mindset of being like, I don't have to be on it 24 seven. So I'd love to learn like, What were these little ways you maybe rewrote this story for yourself or like maybe there were books or people that inspired you?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing is that I really had to get over the guilt. And so the practical step that I did there was go to therapy. I was also in a membership called Pretty Decent. She's been on my podcast, Lexi Merritt. And in her membership, she has these things on Fridays called strategic intuition circles. And you just go there and you come with either, you know, a question or feedback or issue, whatever you want to work through. And I would go in there and be like, I really feel like I'm wasting time when I take an hour long break in the middle of the day to go on a walk. Like, how do I fix that? And I also feel very lazy. Like, to me, I feel like I could be doing so much more and my business could be making 5 times the amount of money but like I'm just not willing to work 80 hours a week and weekends and give up travel like that's just not in the cards for me and then that group really helped me understand like do you even see what you're saying out loud like you are living the life that you want like again why would I be chasing all this money oh I want more money because I want more free time and I want to travel and I want to spend time with people okay great I'm already doing that <laughs> so like why would I then fill up my schedule with more random things to do And again, not have the free time that is what I'm chasing money for anyway. So that group really, really helped me, those strategic intuition circles. My therapist, again, helped a lot. And then my business operations person, I call her like my fairy godmother. Her name is Serene Goodman. And she, we had met in a membership maybe about a year and a half ago. And we would just be catching up about membership things. And then she has this business operations background. And that's not how my brain works. I'm very like creative and airy. Like I have a lot of air in my chart and it's just not how my brain works. So she would be like, well, wait, why would you launch a course when you're about to go on a four month trip? Or like, didn't you want to take September off? Like, why would you have this? And I was like, you're kind of right. Like, I don't know. Do you want to help me out? So I ended up hiring her as my business operations strategist. And we basically reverse engineered how I want my year to look. So I was doing, um, for example, like I'm doing a writing retreat in Greece in September. I do not want to go into that retreat before with a bunch of Zoom meetings or come out of that and be like immediately back to Zoom calls, back to back. Like, I don't want to do that. And so she's like, OK, so we just work backwards. Like, what income do you need to sustain yourself in September to get there? How many clients do you need? How many hours you need to work? And then she did her fairy godmother magic in a Google spreadsheet, backed everything out into numbers. Here's how much you need to sell of each offer. Da, da 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 So then it gave me a clear focus of like, I don't know about you, but I feel this way sometimes. Where my sales strategy is like, I just need to sell as much as possible to everyone all the time. And I'm like, that is not how it needs to be. And she would be like, you actually need to sell like three spots to your course in the next two months. And I was like really? It feels like I need to sell like 50. And she's like, no, that would get you this amount of money. And if you have them on a payment plan, then you'd be fine to take September off. So having someone with that brain and that lens and that expertise was game changing for me. And I pretty much completely credit her for how I've been able to take more time off and have more leisure in my day because she helped me realize the value of my time. That was the other thing. She was like, do you even know your hourly rate? And I was like, I don't know. I think it's this based on my expertise and da da da. And she's like, no, no, no. We're going to make a formula. We're going to backtrack. We're going to see what your hourly rate is. And so she helped me realize that too. Like, you know, I, if I want to like jump on a call with someone or do this or make a meeting out of this, she's like, okay, just remember your hourly rate is this. So every time you're doing this, this is what it's costing you. And that helped me start to think of outsourcing too. So that's another big thing is, you know, with free time, you have to think about it this way like, I'm buying back my time by outsourcing to people. So I have a visual uh, I was going to say a visual artist. <laughs> I'm thinking of V. I have a visual artist, I have a virtual assistant, and then Serene is my business operations person. And I actually also pay Serene to manage the virtual assistant. So that, that's another thing off my plate. I also am now, uh, working with a podcast manager because it used to just be like one-off edits here and there, like one-off podcast. And I was like, this needs to be off my plate. And there's other people, there's freelancers I work with all the time where I'm like, I don't want to do this. Can you handle it? My website designer, anytime I have an update, she handles it. So when I thought about my time in the terms of like hourly rates and just, again, the energy that goes in, yes, I know how to fix my website and edit my podcast and I can reschedule all my clients, but if you add all that up, that's eight hours in a day. And if I know my hourly rate times eight, it's like, that's a lot of free time and money that I could be working on things that will generate more income, give me more of the leisure that I'm looking for, and not expend so much of my energy doing 20 different tasks. So that's another practical tip was outsourcing and not looking at outsourcing as this huge expense and like, oh my god, what a, you know, massive ding in the budget. It's like, if you look at how I live my life, it has paid off, right? Like I I do have more free time. I do have a better quality of life. I don't have to be stressed out all the time because I'm basically buying my time back. And that's where a lot of my money goes, to be honest. So that's another really practical tip was outsourcing and investing in people that can help you.
0: Yes. No, I love all of those. And I love that you also started with like the work back to yourself. Like I went to therapy and I worked on the guilt because yeah, I I would say I'm a lot better, but that is something I I still find myself at times guilty for. I'm like, technically, I have days where I really don't have anything to do. And I think that's what's so funny about when you have your own business. You're like, well, you could always be doing something. And I'm like, well, I could do this. And I'm like, I actually don't really have to. And that's okay. And yeah, it's honestly, at least for me, it is. I don't know if I'll, I don't know if we'll ever like perfect it. I think it's just an everyday reminder of like, yep, this is where I'm at and being really okay with it. And I love also the tip of like outsourcing and even your mental process of outsourcing. And then Serene, wasn't she, is she the one that's been on your podcast and you guys were kind of talking about like coaches and stuff? Like, yes. oh, oh my God. I love her. Yeah,
1: she's amazing. And I will say one thing that she helped with too. You just mentioned it and I just totally blanked. (laughs) What what were you just saying about? Oh my God. Like (laughs) your
0: process on like outsourcing? Yes, that was it.
1: So that was it. The process on outsourcing. I had a client recently be like, I don't feel like it's worth it right now this stage in my business to be outsourcing editing for my podcast, for example, because I know how to edit. And I said, I totally understand that. That has been a big issue for me, too, where I'm like, I know how to edit, right? If I just time block an hour or two in my calendar, I can get it done. The issue becomes the mental energy. So I was like, I actually do not like editing. There's some people that love it and they find it meditative and they're like, I get in the flow. And I'm like, then keep doing that. Like, that brings you joy. I do not like editing at all. And so I told her, I was like, at some point, you have to look at money as not just a cost of The value of goods and services, but like the value of your time and your mental focus and your energy. So I was like, to me, I'm not looking at editing my podcast, outsourcing that. I'm not looking at that as like a huge business expense. I'm like, that's me getting my mental health and clarity back. Like I'm buying my mental health back. So that's how I started looking at money and outsourcing too, which I think helped a lot now when I'm making investments.
0: Oh my God. I feel like just that comment alone could be a whole other podcast episode. Oh, my freaking goodness. So something I was thinking about and I would love to dive into this because obviously I've only seen it from like the outside perspective of following you. So a while ago, um, Chelsea, I guess, was like a client of mine. I gave Chelsea a reading And something that's been really cool watching you, which is simply like you're seeing your angel number everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, so exciting. And that's even already a sign that it seems like what you've created in your life or like how you're living it feels so much closer and like more aligned with who you are. So I would just love to learn like how that process has been. Cause obviously I've only seen it from like the outside, but clearly it seems like you've created this pace in your business and in your lifestyle where you are feeling so much more at ease with like how you're bringing in, you know, community, but also, you know, opportunities in business and how that's allowed you to just become closer to yourself.
1: Yeah, I would say that something that's always helped me in business and in personal life is acknowledgement and gratitude. And so It sounds so simple. And to be honest, when I would hear people say that on podcasts, I was like, oh, my God, shut up. But can you give me more like gratitude journaling and like meditation? (laughs) Yeah, you're like, really? Like, that's really the secret to success. And I'm like, okay, it actually is. So I started basically doing a journal where the top, I split the page up in three different sections and it's gratitude, self-acknowledgement, and did I get my needs met? And so obviously I write things that I'm grateful for, and that keeps me in a headspace all day to look out for things I'm grateful for. I used to talk about this on my podcast like three or four years ago. I would call it the gold coin strategy where like a Mario Kart, when you get the gold coins, you like boost to another level. So I started saying, look for all the gold coins in your day and start collecting them. So at the end of the day, you have this bag of gold coins. So it's really helped me operate my day to day with this lens of gratitude. Like I'm very observant of like the tiniest little things of like, wow, the Starbucks guy was like really nice to me and smiled at me when he gave me his coffee. And wow, I got this today. I got this bracelet fixed for free. I was like, what? Like I thought this would cost money, like little things like that, that I just take note of. So already that puts me in this headspace. That's not like sales, marketing, money, business. Like that's how I used to be. It was like very caveman esque of like business, business, business. And I was like, we need to stop. Like, that's not working for you. That's not who I want to be in this world. And so that gratitude section helped me. And then the second part, and we all know this being entrepreneurs is once you go solo, no one is really physically around or even digitally around to like root you on in the small moments. So even when I closed like the biggest contract I've ever closed this year, obviously I celebrated, but it was so weird because I was by myself and I was like, oh, I know in my old sales job, they used to literally ring a bell when we closed a the deal. They would do like this little firework simulation on the computer that would that would go all around the office. So then you would get all these Slack messages that people were like, congrats on the deal. And so it's like, you lose all that when you go solo, right? You're like waiting for the fireworks to go off. And it's just like, okay, back to emails. And so for me, I was like, I need to find a way to give myself credit and, and celebrate because it's going to get old really quickly if I'm always chasing another high and I'm going to like hate my business. So the second piece of this journal prompt or like section is self acknowledgement. And I'll try to make this both about personal life and business. And again, my therapist helped me with this because she's like, I feel like you're making it a lot about business. And I was like, okay, you're right. So I'll do self acknowledgement for anything that I feel like I did really well that day. That again, does not even have to do with sales or marketing my business. It could be like, cleared my email inbox got back to the client boxer with very intentional thoughts, um, scheduled, uh, a schedule where I have my whole, like I have a three day weekend, like giving myself credit for that. And then I would do it personally where like, okay, what did I do in my personal life that I want to give myself credit for? So I think both again, the gratitude and the self acknowledgement, not making it all about business has really helped me get more in touch with myself. And then getting my needs met. I actually worked with like an attachment coach cause I have a pretty activated anxious attachment style when I'm dating. And one of the exercises we worked on was like, what are your needs? And I'm like, isn't this weird that I'm 32 and I like don't actually really know what my needs are? And so when we did this exercise, that's how I almost started habit tracking my needs getting met. So I was like, okay, my needs are like discovery, adventure, fun, comfort. So I would write those down in my journal and then write how I met them that day. Like comfort, I watched Netflix with a cozy blanket discovery, I went to a new cafe, knowledge, I read a new thing about astrology, like whatever the case was. And I've made such a habit out of this pretty much almost every day. Now this page has been filled for the last year, that that's probably the change you're seeing. Like, I do feel more spiritual, I do feel more in touch with myself. I don't feel the need to prove myself all the time where I think when I started my business, I did have a bit of a chip on my shoulder of like, Mm -hmm. let me show you like, you're going to respect me. You're going to know my name. I'm going to prove it to you. Like, Come at me like that type of energy. And I was like, that's not like, that's not really, again, how I want to like operate in the world. And so now, like, even with my Instagram content, I used to do so much of like behind the scenes and here's how I set up and here's what I'm going to do today. And like, let me prove all my client wins and like just constantly show my quote unquote value around business. And eventually I was just like, again, that's not how, yes, in a way I do need to market myself, right? Like there's part of me that's like, yeah, you need to market your offers a little more. Like, I don't even think some people know you have a business. It's <laughs> like, we need to think about that. But the second part of that was like, the way you recognize, like Chelsea, I've seen this change where you, you can feel that you're like living more of a life of leisure and fun. I'm like, that's what I would rather people know me for. And what I would rather live my life as versus oh my gosh, she was just really, really good at her business. I'm like, I don't want to just be known for that. So yeah, that helped. And then yeah, all the spiritual stuff, like getting a reading with you. I was getting like weekly tarot card readings in Mexico City. I was doing breath work, walks around the park. I did mush a mushroom sound bath, magic mushroom sound bath, like so many crazy things. And that really helped me feel supported because again, you can feel really alone when you're on this journey. And it reminded me like I have an angel team. I have this counsel up in the clouds whatever you want to call it that is supporting me and I really feel like that would not happen if I didn't reflect on it every day because I wasn't a period of my life like that where I wouldn't reflect and I would be like why do I feel so down and burnt out and exhausted and I'm like well when was the last time you did anything for your inner self like Mm. it's always about business 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 and like no wonder you feel so burnt out and anxious and tired like you need to focus on yourself too and be in your best energy for yourself, your clients, your friends, and family. And I think that's probably the change you've seen in the last few months.
0: Yes! Oh my gosh. Celebrating for sure. I'm so excited and happy for you. And I would love if you're able to share, like maybe there was a moment and it it wouldn't have to obviously be like the day it all changed. But even if you could share like a moment where you realize like, oh, I did this today. And then this happened. And like, I actually felt really successful because what I'm finding too is I am constantly needing to bring myself back to the little successes and the little moments in my day. Like even I love what you said about like, I got this bracelet fixed for free. Like the guy at Starbucks was really, really sweet. And What I'm even really learning every single day is so many clients, I think, want to come to any intuitive practitioner and they want like these big fireworks and they want you to reveal like these big messages about them. But that is not like the everyday of spirit and God, like the everyday is, oh, my God, this person, you know maybe connected with me or saw something in me and they wanted to give me this repair for free and it's not like you have to know all about it it's just simply like receiving the gift of life and that could be like wow the drive was really easy up to LA or damn like that ice cream was delicious <laughs> it could be like so so little so I don't know if there is some kind of example that you have where it was like When you started making these small shifts in your life and like how you began to like see the success in that.
1: A hundred percent. I want to touch on a point too, that when you said people come to you to basically, like you said, find these massive answers and basically tell you to tell them what to do or have you tell them what to do. Um, I feel like that comes from, especially just like being a U.S. citizen, if you went to any type of traditional schooling, education, like we're, since we're pretty much in kindergarten all the way through college, it's like, you tell me I'm good. So you get your grades graded by a teacher. They redline it. They tell you if you're good. This standardized test tells you if you pass the ACT or SAT or whatever, and tells you if you're good enough. Then you go to your professors in college, they tell you if you're good enough with your grades. They tell you what to do. They're saying in order to get an A, here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to improve. This is what I see as your path. So I just feel like, from literally the time you're we what four or five years old until basically when we graduate, we are always looking for approval and from and permission from other people. And I think that's why a lot of us get stuck in that same exact cycle and it's really dysregulating when you go on your own as an entrepreneur because you're like, am I doing this right? Like someone tell me, yes, someone give me an A plus. I need hundred percent, or else I'm not gonna quote unquote, pass this entrepreneur test. And I think that's where a lot of like sometimes over investing and trusting in people too much, to give you the answers instead of looking inside yourself comes from so i've been able to recognize that myself of like why do you always need a stamp of approval from someone and i'm like well as someone who used to be an overachiever in high school and loved to get good grades in college and find a lot of worth and value and making that my identity of being like a straight a student it's very hard to release that when you just go again in the entrepreneur world because you don't get tests anymore it's like your tests are your client experience and like your business, which again, only you see. So that's just something I think is really interesting. Um, in terms of like little things that have happened or what I've noticed, like, okay, maybe I took a step back and was more grateful and something happened was um, I'm still really unlearning that like in order to make money, you have to be at your laptop actively typing and doing something. And so I've had a really, really big block around making one of my courses self paced, mic drop. And I'm like, no, it cannot be self paced. Like, it's going to be on, de- it's going to be live. It always has to be live. I always have to be present every single call. There has to be, I've adjusted that course a million times. Like, it was four calls, then it was 12, then it was six. And I'm, yeah, every time I've done it, I've had a live element. So I've had a huge, huge piece of resistance in making it self paced and like on demand. And then Serene, you know, really talked me through like, here's all the benefits, here's what, how it's going to help, here's how it's going to help you and clients. And I finally was like, okay, fine, we'll make it on demand. So we made it on demand. I never really did a formal launch or announcement around it, by the way, like if someone's listening now and hearing this, yes, it's on demand. Like I just, again, I never really did a big promotion around it. But what I did do was this masterclass called selling without social media. And that was to lead people into that course. And I remember thinking, I know I'm talking about selling without social media, but, and I talked about things like emails, you know, email lists and newsletters and podcasts. But I was like, I need to be doing more podcast episodes. I need to be doing more emails. I need to be like really going hard with the offline or off social platforms. And we were, it was so much that was going on at that time. Like I was moving, I was having all these podcast swaps going on. I was doing a lot of like guest speaking in other people's masterminds. Like there was so much going on that basically I lost track of like what email sequence was where and like what email marketing campaign was going on. And I was like, this is such bad planning, Chelsea. Like you're going to lose all these people's interests. You basically fumbled the bag. Like that's how I felt. I was like, you just had this huge masterclass. You didn't plan ahead. Now you're like scrambling. And now you're almost like shooting yourself in the foot with your whole message because you're not even like really selling off social media. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. Once all this like hustle bustle is over, I'll get to it and I'll send one more email for now. I'll just repurpose that from one of my old mic drop emails and then I'll build like a proper sequence. Literally the next day I did absolutely nothing. I didn't send an email. I didn't post on Instagram, nothing. I got a sale notification that someone bought the course. So I was like, oh my God, like it just showed me that I did not need to be active on my laptop, sending 45 emails, doing a whole podcast series, posting every day on Instagram stories. It's like, oh, my method actually worked. And if I even zoom out further, I sent like one or two emails and someone bought that course. So that was a huge lesson for me to be like, you do not need to be uh, pushing for quantity all the time. Like the clearly the quality of that masterclass and the value you put in and your emails following up, even if there only were one or two, were really valuable. And it really resonated with that person that ended up making the investment. So that was something I felt really good about. And it's something I have to remind myself because like I said, I'm still learning and I'm like, oh, you need to be doing more. But I really do feel like as entrepreneurs, you kind of always have that little like, I need to be doing more. And it's just learning to quiet it.
0: Yes, yes. And especially with, you know, again, like even what you were mentioning in the beginning of our conversation is, you know, we are looking to these other entrepreneurs. And that's what's even really interesting. I'm going to assume and obviously correct me if I'm if this assumption is wrong, but I'm gonna assume that maybe the coaches you were looking at were also kind of like intuitive, spiritual. And then it was like, wait, do you even like do you even like go out and forest faith like you talk about? Like, do you even like do the things that you preach about to make money to do, but then you don't even do it? So it's it's really, really interesting how often we find ourselves like really, really outsourcing in the way that is just really detrimental, but like outsourcing, yeah, validation. And oh my gosh, I really love the comment about the school system. I swear, I feel like I could talk about that so much. And not that I just, not that I have like a horrible time in school, but I just don't think my type of learning style, my brain, my energy like, I don't even think they kind of understood what to do with me. So they're just like, she's kind of dumb. <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, obviously I made it and I'm alive, but you're so, so right with like the letter marks and the validation and even like, you know, going up to my teachers after class, like, what should I, like, what should I do? How do I, how do I study for this final? And then the final that defines your whole grade and then your whole reputation to get into college. It's just, unbelievable so anyways that's just kind of back to everything you said
1: yeah and there was something you said too about like the other people I was looking at this was a huge revelation I had honestly in the last three months is like I was comparing myself you know back in the day I was always comparing myself to big coaches and I'm like okay let's take a step back like if you were to go look at their first course launch their first email sequence their first podcast it's probably not that great so like chill out this person's literally five years ahead of you like that I had to remind myself of that. But then the second time around of my like comparisonitis, whatever you want to call it, was I was looking at people that I feel like I did admire. They had the lifestyle I wanted. They had the leisure built in. They had relationships and friends like that started to be kind of a filter for me. I was like, do you have a life outside of your business? <laughs> because like I don't want to work with people that don't have that because again, that's not how I want to live. So then I started looking at these people that I really admired, but I realized our lives not only are not the same in terms of like when we started and access to resources and da da da. I literally have on top of what I do already with my business, I have this whole other mental load of figuring out where I'm going to stay every month, figuring out how much it costs, what's the conversion rate, where is it safe to stay, do I have friends there. Is there a co-working space by me? Where can I get Wi-Fi? Are the plugs different in the in this country versus that country? So it's like I'm constantly adding almost another part-time job to my plate just from traveling. That I'm like, so when I'm what it made me realize is like, Chelsea, you're trying to do this apples to apples comparison when you're literally like not even a fruit to fruit. It's like you're comparing an apple to a water bottle. Like it's not even the same category. And I'm like, no wonder you feel behind is because you're comparing yourself to something that's Is yeah, of course, we have online businesses. That's about the only thing we have in common. We have, we coach, we sell things online, da da da. But I was like, if I were to look at other digital nomad travelers and people that travel full time and switch their location every like six to eight weeks, I'm sure I would have a much different version of success. And that's what I had to start reframing my success as was like, again, I'm looking at people that live in New York, LA, and Miami, and I'm like, no one travels at the level that I do. So why would I be comparing my success and lifestyle to their success and lifestyle? And what I would love to point out, which I've been talking about on podcasts a lot is like the privilege that comes with being in a healthy relationship when you're an entrepreneur. Like I remember being in a healthy relationship with my ex and I'll, you know, there were months where launches didn't go that well. And he's like, don't worry, I'll pay for rent this month. Like pay me back next month. Or Hey, like, don't worry. I'll spot you money for that one thing you want to do and then just pay me back. And then the sounding board and the emotional support, like all these things that that came with that, that I realized when I was single, I was like, yeah, that's all gone. Like I pay my own right now. I have to take care of my emotions. I have to take care of my mental health. And everyone I was comparing myself to had a partner, recently married, just got married, had a baby, had a part. And I was like, wow. So again, like you're literally comparing yourself to something that's like not comparable at all. And that really was a huge wake up call for me to, stop defining my success in the way that I looked at their lives.
0: Oh my God. That is so huge and so important. I really, really love that you said that and just like breaking it down. Cause yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm sure like no doubt, of course, like we look at these, you know, leaders and whoever they are that are really successful and they have a beautiful life and have aspects that we want, but yeah, it's, i God, it's, It was one of the beautiful things that I know we've we've spoken about so many times, like when I was your client and then even when you were on my podcast like a long time ago is just like the baby steps. Like you're expecting yourself to be at like step 20, but then you're going to feel like, wait, I don't even belong here. Because I should be reading one a totally different manual, like those steps don't even resonate with me. and it's just it's just so, so fascinating and something that um, my one of my best friends, Kayla um, and I have talked about and I know she's she's someone that I also really love talking about it when it comes to like building a business as like an intuitive practitioner. and she's someone that, feels like people can look at her and be like, oh my God, you're all over the place. Like, what are you doing? And she's like, but the magic is in the messy. Like I could wear multiple hats. Like I I feel like I can embody my truest self, which is like this multidimensional being and we do not need to fit this mold. So honestly, amen.
1: Amen. Amen to that.
0: <laughs> yes. So, okay. It's so funny because I have been thinking about this question. And I'm like, well, it's not like on topic. And it's kind of a different topic from what we've been talking about. But I feel like since we do have a little bit of time, I would really love to learn this from you. And I feel like it's so perfect. But clearly with podcasting, it is something that has allowed you and even myself to like find my voice even more. And it's so, so beautiful. And I would... Love to learn from you, like how literally, like in the business of like your voice, like how it has allowed you to evolve and like find your voice even more, and how again that's brought you closer to yourself. Yeah, I think if
1: I go back to almost the first question of like what is embodying your soul, it's like expressing your truest desires and self. That's something I think the podcast allows me to do. And I've been thinking about why I feel more comfortable doing that on a podcast that airs to a lot of people every week. And I really think it's the nature of how we podcast. Like when I podcast, it's usually in a bedroom. I'm cozy under the sheets. I have a you know pillow propped up with the microphone, and I'm recording. So it doesn't feel as vulnerable. If I was like speaking on stage or going live on Instagram or like seeing every single person that looked at my stories, like you know what I mean. I'm a human being. Of course, I want to see how many people looked at something or. Who looked at that and what time and da da da. So I'm like, I think really podcasting because of the private nature of it allows me to be more vulnerable. And I noticed that like all humans ever want, if we're to zoom out into like the most simplest form of every human desire, it's to connect. So I'm like the parts that I sometimes feel shame around sharing, like I'm starting to open up a bit more about this whole, like being single and relationships and dating while traveling and like What it means to do all that while you're running a business. And I want to start talking about sex more and anxious attachment and all these other things that I haven't really talked about in the podcast because there was a fear of, like, you can't talk about that. You're a podcast strategist. Like, you need to be talking about business, entrepreneurship, money, tips. Like, you know, all of a sudden throwing in this content is going to make absolutely no sense. And I feel like podcasting gives me that permission to be like, of course it makes sense. Like, you're evolving as a human being so is your podcast my podcast is nothing like what it was when i started it in 2017. it's gone through so many iterations so it's like this is another iteration and i feel like with any other platform i would maybe feel more of a block around it but again for some reason with podcasting i almost see it as an audio diary and so i'm like yeah we're moving on to like the next phase of the audio diary which is a little more like juicy behind the scenes a little bit different like things you haven't heard of me and I also really think it outside of the perception of like, oh, it has nothing to do with business. There is that piece of me that's like, I don't want people to look at me as like, you know, uh, a weak girl that has this anxious attachment style and like has trouble finding the right guys for her. And I don't want people to perceive me a certain way. And I want to keep up this like boss persona. And so I was like, but that's not being the authentic you, right? Like embodying your soul. Yeah, podcasting about business, all these things is one part of it. But like, you're actually... Leaving out a whole piece of you, and I really think that's why a lot of podcasters start hating their podcast or want to burn it down, is because they're like, I'm actually not even really talking about what I want to talk about. Like, I want to talk about how drunk I got over the weekend and accidentally texted this guy, or I want to talk about how this guy goes to, you know what I mean? Like, those are my stories, but like, I'm just saying, like, I would rather, like, it almost feels fake sometimes when I'm not expressing those things because I'm like, the way you see me on Instagram is a certain way and my emails are a certain way like right a lot of this is like curated but podcasting to me is when I'm telling a story it's pretty hard to like fake a a tone or tone of voice or personality or anything it's like no this is me so when I'm opening up about my anxious attachment style like you're very much hearing in real time what I'm going through so I think that's something that yeah podcasting is just it it allows me to express
0: myself and be more of who I am Oh my gosh i love all of that and even to add to that there is something about yeah it totally is an audio diary and also it's like the long form and then i know that was one of the reasons why like i was so excited to develop my podcast and like having you help me is because it's just people are more dedicated to actually connecting with you like they're spending the time on a hike, in the car, or even, I'm sure this is how you also listen to podcasts, but I totally like piece it out through the day too, if I can't listen to it at all. It's like, oh my God, I got to listen to so-and-so like three times today. And there's something so beautiful about, yeah, truly hearing the note. I remember actually I'm, funny enough, Krista, I remember she said something like this when I did her like podcast container with Lindsay. She's like, your voice is the note of your soul. Your voice says so, so much. And even like commemorating you, Chelsea, I feel like that makes so much sense that you should be able to talk about more things because one, like you work with all kinds of clients. So it's like, why? Like the point is you like helping other people find their voice in their own unique path, but then even like, that is kind of the point of podcasting. Like, our converse- like, conversation has to evolve as well. Like, it can't stay in one lane.
1: Right. And I think that's the, the point, too, where people, some podcasters are like, oh, I feel like my audience is dwindling. Or, like, I don't feel like I'm getting a lot of engagement. Or, like, I'm losing people. And usually when that happens, I'm like, okay, it's something that doesn't just randomly happen one day that half your listeners go away. It's like, that's a slow, you know, dwindle down. And I'm like, it's probably because people want to know more of you. Like they they don't want to know just the business tips and tricks and insights. Like we see that all the time on your website and your Instagram and your emails. Like I really feel like podcasting is the one place where you get to show your actual real personality. So I think that's why too, everyone started loving threads because it's like, it's, yes. most- It was a freshly, and people were like, I don't have to curate a photo, a video, add all these different things. I can literally just off the cuff talk about some random thing that I noticed in line at CVS. Like, what? Like that is so fun. And I think that's why people are like loving it because we're like, oh, I get to see your real personality. And now just imagine, I mean, threads, there is a, you know, a character count. It's like now imagine you get to do all that on your podcast. I think that's why you and I love podcasting so much because it's like I get to talk about whatever I want every week for an hour plus like what could be more more fun and expressive than that
0: yes oh my gosh amen to that and one more thing oh my god no I had this question in my head and I feel like it left me how do I put this um oh my god this is so unfair I'm really mad it was something about how dude I totally forgot
1: we were talking about threads And then, um,
0: it was really about like, oh, ooh, okay, I got it. Uh How, when you actually begin to share the, your you like your soul and your life, how that is. I feel like that actually draws more people to you. So I would love to learn as like, you know, the final question we've, we've spoken about building a life in a business that is so much more aligned and just how much better that feels and how that actually just pans out even better for clients and for success. And then Chelsea finding her voice, but yeah, how, why do I keep forgetting this question? I said, I kind of said it (laughs)
1: You were saying something about let me oh, think about
0: wait. it. Oh, wait. I, okay. I found it again. I'm like, do you watch The Office? I'm like total Michael Scotting it right now. I'm like, where is this going? Is how you actually showing you and like your vulnerable sides and like your, the pieces of your life, how that's actually brought in just more, like whatever it is, like, More success, more opportunities, and just more for you, more creativity.
1: Yeah. I have two examples I can share because one of them was a podcast episode I did maybe two or three years ago that was really vulnerable about my money story. And I'm not a money coach, right? So I'm not a business coach. I don't teach people about money. I don't try to like pretend that I'm like, yeah, let's increase your income times 10. Like That's not my jam at all. And so the point of that money story was not to like drive people to a money course or sign up with me to learn about money. It was like, this is kind of what I'm going through right now. So I want to share it. And so I remember toying with the idea of even posting it because I was like, Chelsea, this doesn't really paint you in the best light. Like you're at the end of the day. Yeah. You're not a money expert, but like you're a business owner. So why would you share on your podcast that you kind of have trouble managing your money? And like, your first course launch, you basically blew all your money and you don't even know when. And like, you don't even understand how much to save for taxes. Like, it's almost going to make you look dumb. And that was really my biggest fear was like, you're going to look dumb. People aren't going to respect you as a business owner. Why would anyone invest in you? Like, that's really honestly not a good choice. I also remember people telling me like, oh, I don't know if you should do that. Like, you know, as a business owner sharing like your troubles of money wouldn't exactly like restore faith in people. But I was like, but it's not about how I'm like, hurting clients or anything it's more of like this is my money journey and if you're struggling like here are things that I've done to kind of rectify the situation because at that point there were a lot of things I did to like learn how to manage my money better so I remember posting it and being like "Uh uh-oh like do we really want to post that like let's take that down and then immediately like two people applied to work with me one-on-one for podcasting and I was like okay, let's jump on a discovery call. And then they both told me, they're like, I loved your recent story. Like I resonated so much with it. And I just knew as a person, you're someone that I want in my corner and da da, And I was like, wow, this had nothing to do with me showing my expertise or a marketing strategy or anything. It was like, I'm just going to share this from my heart because I feel like it's important for people to know this. And then it turned into two clients. And again, nothing about money. So that was like a really, really cool example. And I think um, the second one was, my emails, I used to do weekly emails about my podcast that followed a template. And it was like a quote from the podcast, a picture of the guest, you know, links that I like and a quick blurb about the podcast. And, and I don't think that was a bad idea. It was just very like stale to me. And I'm someone that like I do value novelty and changing things up. And like, again, being a reflector, we're shapeshifters. Like I, I can tell you right now on this podcast, I'm not going to do podcast coaching forever. Like there are so many other things I want to do with my life. And so I feel like my emails doing that every week. I was like not being true to the whole shapeshifter thing that I believe in. And so I was like, you need to change this up. And again, travel is a huge piece of my life. I'm a full-time traveler. I don't have a home base. So I was like, why don't you change up your emails then to be like part travel blog, part marketing. And so I was like, you know what, let's just try like want them once a month emails, mix it up and see what happens. And so lately I've been doing these like literally part travel blog. I'm like, here's a picture of me in a volcano in Colombia. Here's me oh! boarding in Mexico. Like, but then sharing like the highlights and the lowlights, right. Going back to like what really happened there. And then at the bottom, I'll start sharing more things. Like here's a specific tip around storytelling or like, here's, how I can help you go deeper with podcasting. And what's interesting is like, I, I told my clients this too, and you probably remember this is like your podcast doesn't not need to be this like separate entity from your life. Like, I feel like some people are like, oh, I have to turn on this brain and then go to this person and be a different person. And I'm like, that's if anything, it should just be an extension of who you are. So I noticed as I was writing the emails, I was like, oh, it's really easy to just plug in my podcast episodes because they directly relate to what I experienced while I was traveling or talking about while I was traveling. So then it actually worked where I was like, oh, this is like travel blog. I get to promote my podcast. I get to help people with storytelling because that's what I love more than anything a storytelling. Like that's why I like podcasting. And I sent out an email last week that was all about that. Mexico City updates. I showed a screenshot of how I did magic mushrooms at Six Flags and, like, was having, like, a crazy experience. I talked about the highs and lows that I experienced there. And then again, I also shared some valuable tips for storytelling. And, like, five people directly responded with, like, really thoughtful replies. Like, thanks for sharing. I just marked this down. I'm going to try this restaurant. I would love to hear your tips on Mexico City. This is such a fun email to read. And I was like, okay, like again, an email marketing strategist or any business strategist would be like, why are you sharing so much of your like travels? Like you're not a travel advisor. You're not a travel agent. Why do we care? And I'm like, because that's who I am. Like I want to tell stories. Travel is a big piece of my life. And I'm still inadvertently showing you how I storytell and share my life so that you could maybe do the same thing with your email, your podcast. So yeah, those are two examples that stand out where I was like, I'm just going to share my life and what's working for me and not working for me and see what happens.
0: Yes. Honestly, I love that you said that so much. And I think that's even one of the reasons why like I connected with you too, because like you're sharing these stories of like, oops, like, you know, whatever, like, like just the growing pains of life. And it's so, yeah. I feel like, again, you've even talked about it on your podcast. Like it's so, so frustrating when you want to learn from someone, but then all you see is, like, they go back to their apartment and they make their matcha and, like, they meditate. It's like, do they ever stub their toe? Like, Yeah. I'm like, have you ever felt, like, anxious
1: about texting a guy? Like, do you ever get in fights with your boyfriend and then, like, you're going in the middle of the launch? Like, I don't understand. I'm like, that's the stuff I want to know.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. And even, I love what you mentioned about, like, sharing your money story or really just even sharing something so vulnerable in your life, because that's been something I've been doing too. And I've been noticing so much as a psychic medium, like there's a lot of pressure on us because of what media has told you what it should be like when you go see a psychic medium and then how it's been for thousands and thousands of years and how much it's changing and how I'm like, wait, this actually isn't that important to me. And shouldn't I be doing that? And it's so, and I think that's actually why people end up wanting to work with me because I share those things in my life. And I'm like, damn, is that, does that make me a bad medium? Because I'm totally breaking the rules. Or again, like I remember I like shared my brief. I think you're like on my close friend story because, like, you're just, you're just like the girl. But there was like, I was like on hinge for a week and I was like, all right, guys, like, let's see how this goes. I'm like, we should be showing our obviously to an extent like privacy, but showing our fullest self. Like, we are again, multi dimensional human beings. And I think that's actually where. Business goes flat, or like just especially as an entrepreneur, like where it just goes flat. Like I found myself, like I'm now share like tomorrow I'm literally sharing an episode, like seven lessons I've learned so far being single as a psychic medium. Like I don't know if other mediums are, I'm not that I really care. Yeah. But I'm like this is a part of my life. Like this is my life right now, I and that. I think this would be so so helpful. So anyway, it's just like rounding out the combo.
1: Oh my God. I love that. And to your point, that's what most people invest in. Like think about all the people you've ever invested in. At some point, you probably knew something either a little bit personal or at least how they spend their time or something. And I think, like I said earlier in this podcast, I used to invest in people that just showed me their accolades. And I was like, great. They made a hundred thousand dollars in a month. They have 20 certifications. They have a hundred clients. And I, and then I again, I would be in these like very close programs with them working really in close proximity. And I was like, this person's kind of boring. Like, like I don't want to be in their energy. Like, yeah, they have good like business skill. And like, yeah, they understand how to build on top like foundations and stuff like that. But like, as a human being, like, I don't want to be spending 90 minutes a week with this person, because I don't know anything about them. I don't even know the name of their dog. I don't know if they even have a dog, like certain things like that. And that's what I love about you. Like you show the dog, you show the books, you show what's happening in your dating life, your workouts, where you're traveling. And I'm like, that's what makes you human. And that's why you stick out to me more than I follow like a million mediums and psychics. So I'm like, I don't even know who I follow, but I'm like, your content stands out because you are being you. Ah,
0: thank you. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. I don't know. Again, that's why we have a podcast. There's just so much I can go on about it. Um, But Chelsea, this has been such an amazing conversation. I'm so excited we reconnected like, and I'm so excited that we've stayed connected. Um, So how can the people be connected with you? How can people work with you? All that fun stuff.
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely. This has been so fun. And before I sign off, I want to add one tip that I totally forgot that has been the biggest game changer with leisure is like tracking your leisure. So whenever you do something fun, like put it in your calendar and color code it. And at the end of the week, look at where your colors lie. So for me, like Mm -hmm. yellow is Mm -hmm. leisure. And I don't know, yellow to me feels like sunshine and outdoors. So I have Google insights that shows me how much yellow is on my calendar. So literally saying like, you spent 20 hours of leisure this week and I always make sure that my yellow is taking up at least half, if not more than half of my time. Um, And I remember like when I started doing that, it's almost become a game now where I'm like, I need to add more leisure. Like I need to go do a yoga class. I need to take a longer break in the morning. Like it's become such a priority for me because of that tracking. So it really is just habit tracking, but like tracking your leisure. I think that's a really fun way to build more free time into your calendar or more fun ideas and things. Um, but in terms of getting in touch with me, it's just my name, ChelseaRife.com. My Instagram is at Chelsea Reif. My podcast is called In My Non-Expert Opinion, and you're going to be coming on very soon, which I cannot wait to talk about. And yeah, if you want to work with me, you can find it on my website. I do one-on-one coaching. I have a course and very soon I'm going to have a video library full of specific trainings on certain skills. So stay tuned for that. But you can also go on my email newsletter to get all these updates, which you can find on my website.
0: Yes. Oh my God. So incredible. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you guys so much for listening. We both so appreciate your presence and your energy and your time for listening to our conversation again we love to serve you we love showing up in this way and if you are looking to follow chelsea and work with her please follow her on instagram at chelsea rife and you will discover all of the ways to join masterclasses, to work with her one-on-one, and to really just be inspired by her. It is so awesome. I love watching her travels and her play and her adventures and of course, listen to her podcast on My Non-Expert Opinion. It is wherever you love to listen. These are shareable and saveable, shareable, savable podcasts. I love tuning back to them and I have met some pretty amazing people. And I also love the community that is created from her mentorships and from her programs. I've truly acquired several friends Because she's just the best. She attracts beautiful people. And of course, when you... What am I doing? Um... Make sure to give this podcast a follow wherever you love to listen and share with your friends, your family, your coworkers, whoever is in need and is looking for the magic, the silliness, the authenticity, and some wise, beautiful discussions and reflections. If you are looking to work with me, head to my website at themodernmedium.co. I have many beautiful ways to serve you. One-on-one mentorships, psychic mediumship readings, Reiki healings, and my Voxer containers. I also have bundled sessions for sessions, and I have my podcast, of course, a free resource, and I have my posts on Instagram, which I always love to try to make very potent, empowerable. Shave. Oh, I. You heard it. I was combining savable and shareable. Shavable. Great. Shareable and savable, and you guys are just the bomb thank you so much for showing up for spending your time with me however and wherever you are again I love serving you in this way and oh my gosh before I forgot to mention again doors are open and my beautiful nine-week course with Kayla Teafla Rose your magical as fuck it starts on October Ooh almost October 9th, but that's not the right date. Starts the first week of October, October 4th. And we are so excited to see you there, tuning into your true self, coming back to your true self and becoming the magical baddie that you actually are remembering who you are. And I believe that's about it. Let's wrap it up. I love you guys so much. And I will catch you guys next time.